How you doing? Welcome to Sports Talk Thursday edition. It's August 4th, and we're here with you till 6 o'clock. I'm Scott Beatty, and Lauren Tate is in studio as well for this first hour of the program. Next hour, Evan Kahn. Today, we're going to get a little preview of some a Big Ten opponent for Illinois and the football side of things, and, well, basketball, too. Will Teeman, part of the broadcast crew of the Michigan State Spartans, will visit with us coming up. Also, sure, get some thoughts on the Big Ten as a whole. Looking forward to talking to Will Teeman. Next hour, Evan and I will chat it up with Colin Likas, News Gazette Preps coordinator. A lot of local high school teams have been coming through our station and uh, the News Gazette newsroom and sports room as well, getting ready for football season. Bring you an interview that our Joey Wright had with Muhammad's head coach, John Adkins, and one of their key players, Nick Golden, their linebacker. That's also coming up in the program. Mr. Tate, always nice to see you. Yeah, good day for the Cardinals today. They pulled one out and Milwaukee lost. Hader has uh, departed Milwaukee and they've lost. They've blown leads in three straight games late and two were walk-offs. That's how valuable Hader was. Wasn't it the Cardinals that always got to him anyway? <laughs> no, I don't think. Maybe the Cubs. <laughs> I don't think the Cardinals. Did, really? Uh, maybe do you I'm recall confused. that? Yeah, I'm, maybe I'm I don't know. One or the other was not always, but I didn't. I know I never liked it when he came in. Yeah, nobody did, but apparently it's been good for him so far. Uh, that pirate, is the opponents pirate, of the pirates swept him. Yep. But your hero today is Lars Nootbaar. Mm-hmm. Hit a tying sacrifice fly in the seventh inning and then knocked in the game winner. No, he had, in a, the ninth. He had a single. Yeah, no, I said that he tied the game in the seventh with excuse a sack me, fly, and you're, then you're right, you're in the, right. then Absolutely. the game winner. As in, he had a deep fly in, in, in that uh, in that inning to tie it. Yeah, even better for the Cardinals, they came back from a three zero deficit, um, and boy, Marcus Stroman's nice outing spoiled today for for the yeah. Cubs. But a couple home runs kind of did him in there with uh, Gorman and Goldsmith hit another one. Wilson Contreras says he's feeling relaxed now that he knows his fate as a Cub for at least the rest of this season and into next, and he uh, he hit a home run. But again, Cardinals win; they're now eight over five hundred. I just hope Contreras doesn't catch a doubleheader. <laughs> <laughs> he's murdered at the plate right now. Well, he, they they could DH him even if they don't catch him. Yeah, he went to. They're not going to take him out of that lineup the way yeah. he's hitting. By the way, Arenado almost was thrown out trying to score the game-winning mm-hmm. run by Suzuki from right field. Dive. Pretty good, pretty good throw, but mm-hmm. not quite in time. Yeah, yeah. Two out when the it, it was a clean hit, and and uh, Suzuki had to move to his left to get it, uh, and it was a close play at home. You're going to book your tickets because the Cubs and Cardinals are going to play in London next year. That was announced. I don't think I'll probably make it over there, but because it's but it's I, a two game series. I get up in the middle of the night to watch it or what it, whenever it is. I don't know. It's just a two game series. I get it. If it was three gamer, then maybe you'd, you'd make your way. Have you ever been overseas before? Never. Never. You've, have no, you I've left never been the United Europe. States. Have you left the United States? Canada. Yes. Yes. Canada. And they let you back in. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Barely. What about Mexico or? Yes. Okay, so you've at least covered the continent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I know you don't like to travel so much. Not anymore. Yeah. It's no fun traveling anymore. I'm getting too old. I don't know. Oh, You're I know. You're still on this show. 
Well, I can travel from the, my house to the <laughs> to the station. I can make that. But uh, I don't know if I'll ever get on another plane. I don't know if I will. Will Tiemann is coming up here on the program, and we'll get his uh, perspective on things. A new angle to this whole conference realignment, new to me at least. I don't okay. know if you've considered this, but Dennis Dodd uh, wrote about this uh, at CBS Sports. Um, and there's another reason that expansion further than what has happened may not happen, and there is concern about lawsuits. and Lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being uh, th- that being uh, the sort of the business side of things, um, and 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 Dodd Dodd talked to a commissioner, the the old WAC commissioner named Carl Benson. And there was one point the WAC had sixteen teams in it, and 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 BYU was a part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and and according to Dodd. Uh, when B- BYU was left out of the Bowl Alliance, that was before the BCS, despite becoming the first Division A team. Yeah, mm-hmm. Well, and they, they won 14 games. Mm-hmm. Senate hearings were convened. The word collusion was tossed around as it related to the college football powers holding other programs at bay. That word could pop up again. Quote, maybe the reason... Washington and Oregon didn't go with UCS, USC and UCLA to the Big Ten at the same time as the fear of collusion, according to Benson. Well, the reason they didn't go is they weren't invited. That's a legitimate concern <laughs> of the damages that one conference does to another. Dodd continues. Mm-hmm. The stakes are higher this time. The SEC and the Big Ten have a chance to monopolize the sport. Perhaps that's already happened. Administrators within both leagues are treading lightly out of an awareness of antitrust issues. Well, sometimes. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey has said he could stage a playoff with his own league. Benson says, though, quote, if the Big Ten gutted a conference and took Cal, Stanford, Washington, and Oregon, if I was Big 12 or Pac-12 Commissioner George Klievkoff, I might pursue antitrust action there. Well... He can do that. I can't imagine that it would work. I mean, you can't. How do you prevent teams from going where they want to go? Uh, and how can, how do you prevent somebody saying, "I want to make a league and I want to"? Now, I mean, this uh, uh, this golf thing is, you know, well, there's, they're, they're talking about antitrust and well, all that. That's a little different because they're preventing these players from playing. Mm-hmm. Nobody's preventing the other teams from playing in football. They just aren't going to be in the same league that they want. Maybe they're not going to be in the league they want to be in, maybe. But, I mean, those uh, those LIV players, that, that's a little different because they're – and they've been cleared to play in Europe. So they can play in the Europe uh, tur- uh, tournaments, uh, European tournaments, mm-hmm. and they can – but they can't play so at this point in the, in the PGA. And, and we're waiting to see what's going to happen with the Masters and the British Open and the U.S. Open in the future. That's all up for grabs. Nobody knows yet. What I just talked about was one piece of this larger article headlined, Big Ten interest in additional Pac-12 teams has cooled. I was never, I don't think they ever wanted those. Do you? I I think they're waiting on Notre Dame and yeah. they'll bring in somebody with Notre Dame. I don't know who it'll be, but there's a Notre Dame is going to have to make a decision, apparently, 
uh, in by, let's say, August of 2023 to determine what they want to do in 20, a, a year later in 24, whether they're going to stay in the uh, ACC. See, they're not in the ACC in football, and that's where the money is. But will they, will they want to come to the Big Ten? Something tells me that, that they, they're going to stay an independent as long as they possibly can and until they know absolutely what the playoff rules are, the new playoff rules. And I don't think we'll know that for another year, do you? I don't think so. Meanwhile, this media deal is due out at any moment for the Big yeah, Ten. Yeah, it's, it's done, I think. So... Uh, this is not criticism of Dodds, but w- w- I'm just going to point out where we started is kind of where we ended up in that, uh, according to Dodds, rights holders were balking at paying the same amount for those other four Pac-12 schools as the 16 Big Ten schools going forward already. That include USC and UCLA, which is projected to be about 80 to $100 million in, in revenue. Nobody wants to dish that out as well to these other four schools. By the way, when you course. say 80 to 100, that's a big gap. I just I, can't believe it's going to be anywhere close to 100 because it's only going to, we'll see it's going to be 70 ish when it comes out here in, in another few days. And to jump from low 70s into 100 is a huge, huge jump. And I don't think USC and UCLA add that much, do they? I I don't know. I mean, it's projected I mean, to be Angeles, over. It's projected Angeles, to be over a billion total, but a billion. Oh, well, a billion comes to seventy. A billion divided sixteen ways is well sixteen ways. That's is, different. Is, but but they'll but it'll be more than a billion. See, it's, it's going to be a billion for the fourteen teams that they have right now. I see. So when they add two more teams, oh, see, it'll yeah. be more, but it'll be divided by sixteen. Yeah, yeah. So if it was a billion. Into fourteen ways, yes. For the next two years, schools would be getting seventy-one million dollars mm-hmm. mm-hmm. plus. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Dodds reports that the Big Ten is concentrating on its new deal while still trying to lure Notre Dame and its open invitation. But more and more stakeholders now believe the Fighting Irish will ultimately stay independent. Well, we we were reading that three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Nothing's and, and, changed. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of talk and a lot of negotiation going on. But Notre Dame is is steadfast in wanting to be independent. It'll have to be. They will. There are two things that could prevent it. And one is if they have problem scheduling. If all of a sudden these leagues are, if USC doesn't continue to play, if they don't, if Stanford doesn't continue to play them, if the Big Ten doesn't continue to play them all, and they've got to do that and. And that that just uh, that has to be the you know that has to be a deciding factor, and as long as they can schedule who, who the way they are now, and they got the five ACC schools and Army and Navy, um, as long as they can do that, I think they're they're okay to stay independent. But the other thing, the other factor could be the playoff situation. I just I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, because there were new uh, new conjecture that. There was new interest in adding these teams again, but look, maybe maybe there's been more conversations, but it's like the reporting that happens before the trade deadline. You know, several teams were interested in Juan Soto. Well, no kidding. 
I wouldn't be surprised if there's. Of course, the Big Ten would be interested. Well, they're going to continue to monitor. Maybe we have more talks. They will monitor the situation. If all of a sudden the TV networks come back and say we'll pay this much to, to get Washington and Seattle in the in the in, in the Big Ten, then then there'll be a readjustment. Right now, I don't think that's happened. I don't think that they feel like that's any benefit to bring in Washington. All right, we'll get a check on life in the mitten with Will Teeman from the Spartan Sports Network. Illinois will play Sparty this November in football. And, of course, we've always got basketball on our minds, both schools. Boy, Mel Tucker, a very rich football coach. But I still think basketball first when it comes to Michigan State. Well, I think so. But uh, just remember this, Michigan State beat Michigan they were the only Big Ten team to beat Michigan last year. That's a big win for them. We are back with Will Teeman after this. We're back on Sports Talk. We're grateful that you are here with us on this Thursday. I'm Scott Beatty along with Lauren Tate. Will Teeman is the voice of Michigan State basketball, also a part of the broadcast crew for Spartan football and helps run the Spartan Sports Network, and a host of The Sports Life, which is featured on Sirius XM Channel 372. That's the Big Ten channel. Will joins us now here on the line. Good to talk to you, friend. Well, Scott, I haven't seen you, what, in about three or four days. <laughs> I know, and I was starting to feel a void in my life. And you know what? I was thinking about this, that you, uh, in my mind, at least in this, if not more, have this in common with the late and great Vin Scully. At least every time I've seen you, if it's a sporting event and you're there to broadcast, you're in a coat and tie, just like Vin. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of a coat and tie guy, so I got half of it down. I, I got to work on that other half of him, Bob. <laughs> oh, you mean the golden tones and uh, poetry just pouring out of your mouth anytime you speak? Yeah, yeah that that'll yeah, come with like that. yeah. that'll come with a, a little bit of time. No, hey, it's great to talk. to You wanted to get your thoughts on um, uh, the Spartans as and just maybe some of the Big Ten things going on as well. And I know uh, I think maybe both our towns. Think maybe about basketball first before football. I'm not so sure, but a heck of a season last year for the Spartans in football-wise. And Mel Tucker is now a pretty well-paid guy. So what are expectations going into this year? Well, Scott, I think if you give somebody $10 million bucks a year, the expectations are high, right? Yeah. You like to get a good return on your dollar. Um, but all kidding aside, um, it's interesting you mentioned basketball over football. I think with what Izzo's done over these decades, I think he, he's totally, in some ways, taken for granted. It just assumed that you're going to be this good. It just assumed you're going to make the tournament. And so if we say, boy, Tom's got a great recruiting class or whatever you want to say about basketball, it's come, well, what else you do, right? But the football thing is really a big buzz right now because – you know, Mel Tucker is a high-energy guy, and, you know, he's just he's just brought a whole new energy to what's going on. And, and and I say that with the understanding that I love Mark D'Antonio, and all he ever did was put this place back in the football map, won three titles, and left the all-time winning as Kosho. And he beat Michigan a lot, too, which doesn't hurt him in this community. And so, so but Tucker 
reminds me a little bit of substance-wise how D'Antonio was when he came in because the expectation is big, 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 and that's all anybody's talking about is football. He won 11 games. That was a surprise, no doubt. A little bit of luck involved, maybe. Team was injury-free, and they came up with this Kenneth Walker fella. Mm-hmm. He just had to be the best running back in the country and made a pretty average offensive line look a little bit better than it was. But I think as you look at this year, people are just like buzzing around. and and But the truth is, you're not going to replace Kenneth Walker, but they've got some good running backs, especially one coming in from Colorado. So I think the team, as you look at it on paper, is going to be better. Now, is he going to win 11 games? I don't know. But the expectations here, it's like going to beat Michigan for sure, and you're going to give Ohio State a run for the money, and and everybody believes this team is going to compete for the East. So we'll see. Go ahead, Lauren. Well, my question is you had such good fortune with the portal last year, and you've got more portal people coming in this year. Can you match that? I mean, can you be consistent? And I'm asking this about it. I see everybody's got 10, 12, 13 uh, portal additions. But uh, how consistent is that going to be, do you think? Boy, Lauren, that's that's like the million-dollar question straight across the board. But I think one thing with Tucker, um, he had to get players right away when he got here. I mean, mm-hmm. his COVID year was almost like an extended spring spring ball season, but I think he pulled off the miracle last year by bringing in, you know, 20-some brand-new people through the portal. And I think what helped him was because the NFL has a tendency to try to find character people that fit as well as talent that fits, I think he had his guy scoped out. He wanted pretty well. In the locker room, Lauren, was unbelievable. You could, you would have never guessed you have all these new people because they, they gel pretty quick. This year he hasn't gone as much because they've done traditional high school recruiting. But I think he, he was in a rock and a hard place last year. He had to do something just to be competitive, especially on the defensive side of things. So I don't think you can make a living doing it, but, and he's not doing it as much. But as you, as you mentioned, man, looking around the landscape of what's going on, I mean, who knows? Are we going to have a bunch of teams that are great one year and disasters the next? guess we'll find out. I noticed, uh, and I don't have the schedule in front of me, but uh, I think you got Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State all right before Illinois. I think Illinois is getting you at, at the perfect spot, if there is a perfect spot, uh, because of the uh, schedule. But uh, that's a, that's a tough that's a tough threesome. It's Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan. Okay, okay, and, I then, knew it was, and then Illinois. I knew it was three good ones. Your point stands, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know it's. We all know that a lot of times the team that wins a division or a championship, obviously, skill, but, you know, they, they have good fortune with the schedule but when you play the next guy. For example, last year when Michigan State came back and upset Michigan, well, you're ranked third in the country and you're rolling, you're undefeated, and then you go in and play a Purdue team on paper, one you should win, and the Boilermakers handled the Spartans. Was it a letdown? Was it a couple injuries? Who knows? But you just never know when the right time is to play somebody. But it's tough. I think the schedule's tougher the way it lays out. Um, so what does it, what does all that mean? Well, it means, number one, you better be healthy. 
and you, you better have some depth. And he, Tucker's building that up a little bit. But I think everybody agrees at the end of the day, you have to have all those good, good things happen, but somebody's got to block offensively. Because Michigan State has skilled people, and they have a game plan that's designed for big plays. They're not a three-yard-and-dust type of group. They, they don't mind going for big plays on first down. They don't care because that's the way coordinator Johnson sort of sees it. But at the end of the whole thing, I mean, is there enough manpower available to play those guys, Lauren, you just mentioned, and stay healthy? I don't know. But if Michigan State's going to make a run at this thing, they got to stay healthy. Will Teeman is our guest. We're talking a little bit about uh, Michigan State uh, football and wanted to ask you too, Will, about basketball and what your thoughts are here as we sit mm, three months away and a few days from opening tip on the Spartans. <laughs> well, we talk about staying healthy. Uh, Michigan State doesn't have enough scholarship players to hold a scrimmage right now. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's this will be the thinnest team Tom has had, and this is my 26th year, so I've seen a few of his teams. But he is decided by design that he is not going to use the portal. He's not going to go that road. His thinking is probably twofold. He wants to build his team traditionally. He's having some really good luck with some seniors in high school and underclassmen that have committed, if they keep committed. But he he really is kind of big on the fact that, you know, the guys he has, he believes in this process and they've earned their right not to be you know, stepped over by an incoming portal person. But I don't know. I mean, four players left. They were part of the playing rotation, and they were replaced by no players. Yeah, and you had two of those are big guys, too, big centers that uh, we're kind of used to seeing at Michigan State. Yeah, and and so somebody asked me, how do these freshman post players look? Well, they look like freshman post players. <laughs> uh, and they sure, don't, they sure don't look like Kofi did. And so, and we all know that the Big Ten is, it's, it's a tough league, it's physical. And the freshmen in general, they're not used to playing 31 games and going through being a brand new college student and all that. So, I don't know. It's, it's, um, it's going to be a different look. You're going to see three guards on the offense, I think. You're going to see a different kind of fast break. Um, the bench will be skinny. And so, at the end of the day, when you're looking at, the players he has available, I mean, Joey Hauser's got to step up, and he's got to mm-hmm. be a regular, consistent guy all the time. Uh, Malik Hall, same goes for him. Um, and so you look at the landscape. It's weird because Tom's not opposed to transfers. I mean, we got two on the team right now that's transferred in, uh, one kind of through the portal. And so as you look at it, I mean – He's determined we're going to go with the ball club we got, and that's what we're going to do. And so, you know, and I heard I heard two things about the whole thing because everybody's a little nervous about the lack of depth. But, you know, he has won 650-some games, so I guess he's got an idea what he's doing. <laughs> and uh, the other thing is, a guy told me, he said the great thing about young people, he said everybody in the Big Ten on the team is a pretty good player, or they wouldn't even be in the Big Ten. He said, young people have a way of rising up, and so we'll see what happens. But 
You know, you never know. That's why you're playing, right? Every time I think I got this thing nailed down, something happens, and I go, I guess I'm not so smart after all. <laughs> Is he a long-term guy now? You know, we've seen a couple of really top coaches retire here uh, recently, and there's some talk about Izzo, but, I mean, he can go as long as he wants. I just wonder how long does he want to go? Well, I think he loves coaching basketball, and I don't think he's in any hurry to not coach basketball. But I do think, let's say this season there's a a miracle run in Michigan State to national champion. He really wants to win that second one because he thinks that's a separator of greatness. Mm -hmm. If you win more than one, that puts you in a special group of people. And he's right about that. And so would he step down after he won the second one? Well, there was a chance of that in 19 or 2019. A lot of people, including Illinois, thought they could make a nice run in 2020. That um, didn't happen. And so I really thought when Michigan State got to the Final Four in Detroit, if there was some way that you could upset that North Carolina team, I thought maybe he'd step down then. But in his mind right now, it's full speed ahead, guys, and he doesn't look like anybody even thinking about stepping away from it. But if it was to happen soon, I think it would be centered around a second national title. Illinois has had a similar run here in the last couple of years as to what Michigan State did in the conference right there at the end of, of last decade and into the COVID season, as you just mentioned. But Illinois has not had as as good of postseason success, um, although you, know, you win the Big Ten back in 2018 and bounce in the second round for, for the Spartans. My point is this. Um, at the end of the day, Winning the Big Ten is a huge accomplishment and very hard to do, and yet it feels disappointing to so many when you have an early exit in March. Would would Tom Izzo or would Michigan State fans make that trade, a, a, a lower finish, a fourth place, a sixth place, a seventh place finish, but a deeper run? Well, I think the fans would take it yeah. uh, because if I walk down the street and say, I think Michigan State's got a chance to win the regular season. I, I won't even say that. I just say I think Michigan State's got a chance to win the championship. Well, I'm talking about the regular season, and, and they'll automatically say, well, so you think we can win the national championship? <laughs> I mean, that's the way their minds are set. So well, I think everybody's that way. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so, but Michigan State's been close a lot, Will. They've been in the Final Four a lot. What, what, what is that number? Eight times for, for Izzo. Eight times. That's amazing. Yeah, That's terrific. And and it's 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 just crazy how I mean when we got there in fifteen that was a surprise. And there's always that one team that maybe shouldn't be there. Uh we were probably that team that overachieved. Uh, I think in Saint Louis, uh I could argue that if Alan Anderson doesn't get hurt, it's an Illinois MSU title game. How cool would that have been? And so, and 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 so, I I look at nineteen as is a final four that could have been won. There's been a couple of those. Uh, I think in Indy when Butler beat Michigan State, that was a winnable game, and Duke wasn't quite the Duke that they had been in the past. That was a winnable final four. You, I mean, you can go through some of those what if kind of deals, but the the uh, nineteen final four run. 
there's no question in my mind Michigan State was the best team. But they were tired, and they just ran out of gas. And Virginia was the lucky guy, right? Purdue should have beat him. Auburn should have beat him. Texas Tech should have beat him. And at the end of the day, what? They won all those games, and they're, they're, they win the title. So you never know. Well, you know, but, since since Tom Izzo became the head coach of, of the Spartans, he's won one more national championship than any of the Pac-12 teams, including USC and UCLA. So he's got that over his uh, Conference of Champions opponents coming into the league. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were talking about that today. All of us have been on a deal where we've headed for the West Coast and the team's a little sluggish and you don't quite play as well because of, of the travel. Think about with those two guys. I mean, their closest opponent's like 1,600 miles away in the yep. Big Ten. I mean, though that's going to be a worn-out group no matter what sport you're in when this thing's all said and done. How do you stay sharp and travel like that? I don't know. I tell but, you, there's uh, an, I, I'm going to write about this, so I, I've been looking into it. Every constituency around UCLA is against this move except the people making the money. I mean, yeah. think of all those uh, other sports programs they don't want to be in. They want to be. They want to be playing teams on the West Coast. Think, I mean, yeah. Think of their donors. They don't, they won't be able to attend games like they used to along the West Coast. I mean, this this. I mean, their fans. I mean, it, there's just a whole bunch of. And think of the government over of the state of California. They're upset because the the, the California system has has basically been shattered here by UCLA leaving and leaving Cal behind. Yeah, and it's, you know, I, I, it's, I think it's obvious what's happened here. We've traded cash for tradition. I mean, there, there really isn't much left. Um, in, in our little universe up here, Michigan State, Michigan, that's a traditional game, and that's still a big deal. But, I mean, what's the rest of it? You, you're playing all over the place. Now you're going to add, I don't know how many more teams. So there'll be student athletes, football, basketball, whatever. They they might go through their entire college career and not play somebody in their own conference. Yep, I mean, it's possible. Mm-hmm. And so, what kind of what kind of deal is that? That didn't seem that's that's not how the Big Ten was built. But it's obvious everybody was coached on what to say at media day in Indy. Every coach said the same thing. Wow, it's great Big Ten football from sunup to sundown. Well. I don't know about that. Um, and I don't think, you know, in Champaign, are, are the Illini fans going to embrace the Bruins like it's a great tradition? No. And, Lauren, you mentioned the fact the West Coast people can't be happy. But I, I'd love to be the guy watching Southern Cal play Penn State in November and get off the plane. I know how cold <laughs> I am when I do that. I can't wait to see these guys. Well, before I let you go, you got a show on Sirius XM, and uh, uh, you know I, I know folks here are, are glued right now to traditional radio. But I'd love if you would tell us a little bit about your program. It's 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 pretty interesting, Scott. I've always wanted to do a magazine show. Um, you know, I love the things we've done, but I thought wouldn't it be great if there was an avenue to tell stories, salute people. Look at issues, long form, 
uh, give a topic its due time, not a soundbite. So in talking with, you know, the people at SiriusXM, we, we pitched the idea to them. What idea? What about a magazine show about the Big Ten? And they said, okay. And we also have about 40-some radio stations carrying it as well. But at the end of the day, it enables us to do so many fun things and really look at some topics. And, and the, other, the other thing we try to do with it, hey, we all got opinions about everything. But if there's a topic to talk about, we really try hard to get somebody who's making the decision. And we're, we've done 85, 86 of these shows now. And, and we're getting saluted by the people we want to talk to about the right topics. And one of the greatest things we did, by the way, uh, we did a fun bit. And in, in if, if listeners don't know this, Don Fisher is going into his 50th year mm-hmm. as the voice of Indiana. He's gotten the, you know, the, the Schenkel Award, which is an unbelievable honor for a college announcer. And we did, we sat down with him and reviewed just things. And it's a fascinating piece that's going to air in two weeks as a cover story. And get this, here's when you know you've made it. I discovered that he's got a song. Some guy wrote a song about him. Oh my. <laughs> and so that's part of the feature. But anyway, long story short, to give you an idea how good we feel about the show and the stories we tell, the Big Ten finally got to go back to the Big Ten office and have their annual AD meetings. And in, in the big meeting, that's when they discuss all these things, the new TV contracts. What are we going to do about NIL? What are we going to do about the lack of leadership from the NCAA? All of these sort of things. And we approached the Big Ten, and Commissioner Warren has been good to visit with us on more than one occasion. I said, why don't you let us set up in the building and talk to the people when the meetings are done so we can relay what really the Big Ten is thinking, what really is going on, as opposed to all of us guessing or ambushing a guy that comes out of a meeting room. And we were the first people they ever let do that. Uh, We set up our equipment. And we went through our list of really a VIP list of people to talk about different things. And, and for us, I thought that was a watermark for, for the program that they allowed for one first and only time a broadcast group to come in and get first access on something like that. So that was, you know, it's that kind of show. And um, I don't know, I just love doing it and to have fun with it. And we, and it's a, it is more of a positive than a negative show. I mean, we deal with topics, and we've taken more a couple shots at the NCAA for lack of leadership. But at the end, it's just a show where you hear a, a story, and, a, and it's worth listening to. At least that's our intent. But that's what the show is about, and, uh, and we treat it a little bit more like a newspaper. Okay. We sit down. We talk about storylines. What are we going to do this week? Hey, what could be a good piece to do it a month from now and so you're giving lauren an idea here to start a (laughs) weekly show of his own well he'd be good at it yep i mean i mean one of the nice things about being the senior citizen on that show i have a little background to add stuff and uh lauren you i don't know if you wrote a book about all the stuff you knew it'd be a long one it'd be a big one 
No more books. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> no more books. <laughs> well, it's called but the anyway. yeah. It's it's called the Sports Life, and it's also uh, podcasted on all the major podcast platforms. So I encourage folks uh, to check it out. Uh, Will, we're up onto a break here, so we got to run. But I appreciate your time, uh, my friend. And you'll be here in Champaign on November fifth, Illinois, hosting Michigan State for football. And well, of course, whenever basketball happens, I haven't seen there's there's not a schedule out yet, but those two teams will be getting together as well. I'll tell you one quick thing, and I know you got to go. Our middle our middle child is a graduate of the University of Illinois, and because of my football dealings, I missed every Parent Day. In one game, we played at Illinois, and it was Parent Day, <laughs> a Dad Day, I mean. So I finally got to go to a Dad's Day. Oh. I know. Tears you up, doesn't it? Yep. I'm, I, it's neat when all that comes together. Be well, Will. Enjoy the okay, prep. Take care, guys. Okay. See you all soon. All right. Okay. Will, Will team in Michigan State Spartans Radio Network covering the football and basketball side. And 85 shows in, in for Will Teeman on that sports life, which Lauren calls a nice little start. <laughs> <laughs> How long Saturday sports talk been going? 40-some years? Oh, yeah. 79. 79. Mm-hmm. We're back in a moment. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Recall the last uh, couple of games between Illinois and Michigan State. Help me out if there's been others, but of course there was a big comeback. A big rally. For the bowl eligibility, and one of Lovey's lo- a couple of wins there in his first season by stopping Michigan State. Guess who caught the winning touchdown pass for Illinois? Well, oh, at 19? Mr. Daniel Barker. Yep, and now he's playing for Sparty this year. <laughs> he wants more of those. Yes. <laughs> and this is the year, you know, we're going to involve the tight ends more. <laughs> well, that's this is the year that Michigan State's going to involve him, I can, I can guarantee it. If I had a dollar for every time coaches, not just here, but any program were asked about involving tight ends more, I could be negotiating this Big Ten media rights deal, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Cubs uh, and Cardinals game two tonight coming up. Cardinals walk it off on the Cubbies. Lars Newtbar is your hero with RBIs to tie the game and then win the game in the first of this doubleheader that was washed out last night. By the way, Shauna Green threw out the first pitch, a line yeah. women's head coach today mm-hmm. at Bush Stadium, a line day at Bush Stadium. So they moved the Illini day to, to this afternoon as, as opposed to tonight. I guess so, yeah. I, I, I saw that if you had tickets last night, it was good for today. Okay. So if you had tickets for last night and didn't go already, too bad. <laughs> but um, I had some uh, relatives that went to the first game of that series for $7. So good seats to, still to be had at Bush Stadium, apparently. Yeah. All right, come back to get ready for Hour 2 and our transition after this. A little more from Brad Underwood, Illini men's head basketball coach. After summer workouts wrapped up, shared his thoughts on maybe one concern he does have going into the next rounds of practices and the start of the season. I always worry about leadership. Um, You know, it's... it's, um, there was kind of the unwritten leaders last year with with Trent, with Demonte. We've we've always had a 
last couple of years we've had a veteran group. You throw I.O. in the year before and Andres Felice. And, and um, so now you've got, to, you've got to establish those leaders. And those leaders have to establish that they want to be a leader. Um, so, you know, we'll see what that looks like. I think it's uh, uh, multiple guys are capable. Uh, but you've got two of your most experienced players uh, are new. So we'll, we'll continue to, to build on those fronts, but I, it's been phenomenal. Uh, this team's chemistry, they get along, they're, they're very, very close. Their interactions have all been uh, really exciting to be around. So I think that's, you know, as, as we head into the fall, just the maturation of, 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 of true leaders will be um, the one thing we've got to see. Coleman, Luke, RJ, all those guys are, have, been, have been great. Every coach says chemistry is really good this time of year. Mm -hmm. But I do sense a genuine excitement in Underwood for the vibe that he's had this summer workout. And I, I think there's a, a different kind of hunger from some of the players than maybe was present a year ago. That Which, doesn't mean they didn't, they didn't care. I'm not, I'm not, that's, that's not a comment about last year's. I think it's just a little different because of the freshness of everything. Well, we'll see how the new players come out, uh, uh, turn out. But the leadership thing is something he's very concerned about. And he mentioned Feliz and Io. Io was a great leader. And certainly last year, Fraser and Williams kind of ran that ball club along with uh, Kofi. How do you come in if you're a Terrence Shannon or a Matthew Meyer and just say, well, this is my club. You're the new guys, even if though you're well-seasoned. And how do you say this is my club if you're R.J. Melendez or Luke Goody? There's or, nobody there that you can, that you can point to. Because you, you, part Cole, of it is your— Coleman is not a leadership type. I mean, he hasn't been. Probably not, yeah. Uh, hasn't been. I'm not oh, saying— Hasn't been. Be. You're right. And I'm saying I, probably not the floor general type of guy. Um, and, and how you establish that and have the, I guess, courage to do so— well, we're, in a we're, new situation, you just have to see when you bring them together. I mean, the point guard is a critical in that whole thing. Always the point guard isn't critical. Absolutely, and, and I don't think they have the second point guard, so it's going to have to be Sky Clark. Sir, we'll hear from you again on Saturday morning. A line at Pella Saturday Sports Talk. You got anything good cooking? Yeah, we got some things cooking. We're going to be talking a little Wyoming, and we're going to have a local Wyoming star with us here. Andy Dixon's going to be on with us. Ah, there he you go. pullback for the Cowboys. Blast from the past. All right, that'll be interesting for sure. Thank you, sir. Evan Kahn is in next hour. We'll talk some baseball. We'll talk some preps with Colin Likas. That's all ahead. Newstalk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. <laughs>